Hey guys, Jamie here, uh, just doing a follow-up on last week. I introduced my freedom formula. Um, if you remember from last week, there are four different phases that I have discovered, along with really the steps that go with each phase as you're going from being a starter in your pet business all the way through the freedom that you have when all your systems and processes are working beautifully and you can take a step back from your business because it runs effectively and consistently without you and you begin you can begin to go into some new interesting things uh, take that vacation choose to work four hours a week if you would like to you just have so many more possibilities. So if you remember from last week, we started um, started out with phase one, which are the starters. Of course, these are the people who maybe have just been doing it as a hobby. Uh, they're looking at starting a pet business for the first time. Um, and this is the complete foundation of starting a business. This is making sure that you understand the why behind the business, the purpose behind the business. You're really defining what that's going to look like down the road. You've selected your name. You have your legal setup. You have your financial setup. You have insurance setup, contracts, policies. So you are really effectively operating out the gate. So those starters, of course, are the people that are generally going to be starting by themselves, solopreneurs, and, uh, you know, all the challenges that come with that of building things up. So you get to a certain point where you have a lot of work and you start to see your limitations. Um, time is a finite resource and we only individually have so much of it. So this is the point where you make a decision. Is my business model going to be just me? Do I figure out how to structure it so I can still have what I personally need, but just keeping it as me? Now, for those that want to expand further, scale, and take on a team, you can move on to the next phase, which are our growers. Uh, of course, that's pretty appropriate. If you're growing, you are in the grower phase. So, you know, nothing to, nothing against the people that want to stay completely solo and don't want to take on a team. Um, that's not what I'm saying. You, you have a cap. You are the cap. Um, you're the lid to your business. You can only take on so much work. So for those that do want to grow a team, you are in the grower phase. So that's, of course, like I said, the point where you just realize time is finite, that in order for you to impact more of your community, you do need to take on a team. So this is the point where you start setting up your structure for that. Uh, first of all, um, like we said, in starters, you do need to clarify your ideal market. As you're able to grow and take on staff, you can start to make more considerations about territory, um, the type of markets you would like to reach. So you might notice in this phase that you are redefining who your ideal client is. Uh, this ideal client might uh, end up being in a more defined area. You might start to focus more on apartments so you can keep future staffing in one area. It might be a situation where you decide, well, I want to grow and hire and expand my territory into a neighboring area. So you really need to define the demographics of the ideal client that you're looking for. Uh, so you make sure that you find the perfect people in the perfect areas. 
Um, okay, financial plans. So of course, as a starter, you do have a financial plan, but this is really where you need to refine it for business growth. Now there's several different phases of that. It's very different to consider your uh, pricing structure and your profitability when you are a solopreneur, because when you are doing that work, you do not have the overhead of paying someone else. Whenever you are a grower and you are reconsidering your pricing for profitability when you are looking at staffing, of course, you have to consider what that compensation is going to be. You want to have a fair compensation. Um, you, of course, uh, ideally are going to be hiring employees. That is something that we, of course, will talk about in our trainings. Um, so you want to make sure that your plan is refined. So uh, whatever you decide to set your compensation rate at, that you are still profitable. So at the time that you actually hire someone into your service, you have to keep in the back of your mind that you are an employee of a company as they are. So whenever you do work that someone else could be doing, essentially you're paying yourself the rate that you are paying them. The rest of that money goes to the company for expenses, and then you will receive the profit at the end. So it's a bit of a paradigm shift in your mind when you start taking on staff. Um, if you have, let's say, $20 visits and you compensate your employees $10 per visit, of course, you'd have expenses on top of that. So maybe that $10 visit costs you $12 when all is said and done, that you're making, the company is making that $8 profit. Now, if you go out and you do that visit, essentially you're making the $10, there's $2 in expense, and the company is still making that $8 profit. So you just want to shift into that mindset to understand that your company is going to be much more efficient if you are hiring people to cover those visits and you are the one that's doing the business organization. So that is proceeding through all those steps, but it's good to plan that base whenever you are at the beginning. So you wanna make sure you have your financials in order that you've really looked at what your fees need to be in order to compensate staff well and take good care of them to still remain profitable in your business. So that is one of the benchmarks. Of course, written policies and procedures. When you are out there solo getting started, a lot of times having written policies and procedures, especially procedures, I'm not talking about the things you put out to your clients that's like, oh, well, we operate in this time and this is how we do things. This is really the, the back room. This is how I do things. This is my procedure when I go into a house to take care of pets. This is how I open the store every morning. Um, it's, it's your actual internal procedures. You do want to make sure as you're doing things as a solopreneur that you write down those procedures. You know, it, it's, it's a procedure mapping. So you want to start out and have like, here's my process. Here is specifically how I uh, do a new client consult, let's say. So you have your new client consult, you write down the individual steps. You want to have those procedures in a written format because they don't do your staff any good if they're in your head. And to be clear is to be kind. So a written procedure manual is huge in a company when you start to bring on new team members. 
Um, you have, of course, established your pricing for profit to hire. You've put all of those procedures together. So you do have a good system for training your new hires. Um, of course, there is the basis of hiring, which is making sure that you have your legal and your accounting systems together to hire. So you do need to make that consideration that is going through uh, state, that is going through federal, that is making sure that you have a good accountant, that is deciding how you're going to run your payroll, whether it is through your accountant or through a payroll service, uh, lots of considerations in that. So we do have details in our training of exactly what that process would be for you. But that is a benchmark for those growers is making sure that you have those steps all checked off, that you are ready to go. Um, making sure that you have an employee handbook. That Now, that is different from your procedures. You do need to have both. So your employee handbook is really your... Um, Oh, legal terms of how you run your employer-employee relationship. This is going to be your handbook that's going to have your um, policies on attendance. It's going to have your, if you have a drug and alcohol policy, uh, sexual harassment policies. A lot of this stuff is very standard and boilerplate. You can get um, these types of handbooks online free very easily. You do need to make sure that you make it appropriate for your state. There are going to be specific um, employer policies through your department of labor in your individual state that need to be included in that employee handbook. So I would definitely recommend that you check with your department of labor on that. Um, for example, uh, on my newest revision, um, which I think just occurred October of last year, you now have to include that any victims of, uh, I think, domestic abuse are allowed time off without um, any kind of penalties. Um, it's something that's built in. I don't have, of course, the specifics, but you do have to keep up with what your state labor policies are to have those accurate in your handbook. And of course, there are services that help, can help you get that together, too. So one example there, make sure you have a really, really solid employee handbook so you stay up with compliance policies. Um, and then, of course, your HR procedures. Um, there is a lot that goes into hiring people. And I love this process. I can't. 25 years, how many people have I hired? Um, so for the first 14 years of my business, I ran with independent contractors because that's just what you did back then. Um, but of course, learn better, do better. Back in 2012, I switched from employees to contractors at the point where I was actually audited. So I can certainly speak to the audit too. And um, I have never looked back. It's been just the best decision for my company. And I just, we have a blast at our company hiring people. Um, it has been a little bit more challenging like everyone over the past two years. But I know right now we've got like 10 people we're interviewing. So, um, you know, we always have hiring going. But it is very important to have an entire HR procedure. This is how you source people to come into the company, whether or not you use um, a service online to keep that organized, or if you do it manually. Uh, back in the day, all I did was post on Craigslist and I would have like 200 people that would apply. Now we have a much more streamlined operation. 
And uh, so, you know, what what you're requiring people to supply, what kind of an application you're going to have, how you're going to actually do your screening process. Are you going to do a phone call first? Are you going to do a Zoom call? Are you going to have in-person interviews? Are you going to do a working interview where you take them with you on a dog walk to see how they behave around the dog? So it's defining what that hiring process looks like looks like for you, your criteria, how you are going to select the perfect people for your business, Um, you know, what that looks like. Make sure that is defined. You want to make sure that you have great questions, not just like, you know, have you did you questions, but really open-ended questions where you are really questioning them on behavioral styles, their critical thinking skills. Um, We do have an interview available through Pet Sitter Guru site where you can download some information on really how to effectively go through the interview process when you are screening new candidates. So figuring out how you are going to question them, uh, what kind of answers you're really looking for, what kind of fit is going to work out best for your company and the company culture that you are developing, which is so important. Um, you know, you definitely don't want to hire someone who is doesn't have a high emotional IQ if that is something really important to you and the growth of your company. So, you know, you've got your interview process, your selection process, your background checking process, and then, of course, onboarding process. You know, that goes well beyond the paperwork. How are you planning on onboarding these new people? That is such a huge part of it, too. So, There are several of the benchmarks. Of course, there are more benchmarks for the growers phase, but I'm sure if you are in the starter phase or the grower phase, this is sounding familiar to you and you are able to kind of figure out, well, you know, I am more here. Maybe I've crossed over here or, you know, I've totally hired people. I've got that down. Maybe I need to work a little bit more on my onboarding processes to get those written and clear. But hopefully these two phases are letting you understand a little bit more about the freedom formula. Next week, we will be talking about phase three, which is our expanders. So y'all make it a great week. And what is your next best move?